understand it, man. You know, God is good, man. God is good. Um, welcome He's back from. Right. He's alive. Oh, I was gonna say I was gonna ask you about that as well too, because you're a very spiritual person, sir. Um, welcome back from the desk blow. I have with me somebody very special to the hip hop game, somebody very special to the Wu Tang Clan affiliate, somebody very special to hip hop in general, because he put in a lot of work. And the first time I ever heard Renaissance Child, I was hooked. Without further introduction, formerly known as Hellraiser, I have Heaven Razor on the phone. Peace, 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 peace. That, see, this is a hip hop is about right here. I'm hip hop, and that, that's a song on the Renaissance Child too. I was just gonna say, sir, that's one of my hip -hop most. Hip hop is a way of life. It's a, it's a life. It's a lifestyle. And it's also a very universal language as well. Indeed, because anywhere you go to visit, somebody understand that. Oh, my bad, my bad. So I forgot this. Winds up. I forgot that. Winds up, people. Um, Winds up. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, uh-huh. I was, I, was, I was curious, Heaven Razor, where did that come from? What, the Heaven Razor name? No, 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 no. I know where that came from. The Winds Up. The Winds Up is um, something I, I used. I created it. It's just like a... Uh, angelic way of saying what's up okay okay yeah because i was gonna say every so that's how the angels that's how the angels communicate with each other instead of saying instead of saying what's up we say wings up oh okay it very fits in with your name too i like that mm-hmm because that's you know that's when the beginning of the, of the rise yeah rise yeah message of god you know what i'm saying so in the beginning of that ever that's when all that was, I was what see, see, I was planting the seeds in the whole time, from the beginning. And, um, I started with the Renaissance child. The Renaissance is a rebirth. Now, I was letting you know when I dropped that album, I'm going to rebirth myself from there. And, um, it started from there. And, um, because when, from the beginning, I always was having the hellways. I always, that's how I, that was the whole concept to me from the beginning when I first started. And, um, the part of making it, you know, presentable was the hard part to make people be able to understand that. And it was two sides to me the whole time. Yeah, because, like, even within your music, too, you can tell that you were a very spiritual person and outside your original name... Hellraiser, too, you also shed a lot of positivity with the good spirituality, too. Like, that's what I love about your music, too. It's because that you don't waste your lyrics. You never hear Heaven Razor rap over other people's beats because you said that's wasting your lyrics. And you actually take pride in your lyrics. You're supposed to. It's an art. It's an art. And anything artistic or something you're going to present to somebody, you should definitely take pride in that. It's just something you should be careful presenting with before you even do it. Now, I was curious, um, Heaven Razor, too. Where did all of this spirituality awakening happen? Did you grow up in a very spiritual household, sir, or it wasn't until later in your teen my, years? My, 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 I, I think I explained it in a song, but I'm going to say it. Um, my spiritual side of me comes from my mother. Okay. Definitely. And um, that's to my mom's side of me. And then um, the other side of me was my father's side of me. 
and that's the the music. That's where the music and the poetry and all that stuff came in. That and um, my style and everything. That that the old jazz because that's what I grew up listening to. And uh, that's why I would have uh, to do a project jazz. That's what what I was saying with stuff like that. Yeah. Anybody in my neighborhood or anybody would know, like, oh yes, that's you know, my father was like he was the one, the little one that I would just be the little one that was in the back seat all the time. And um, and now I'm a grown man. It's, it's life is so interesting, you know. Do you ever like look back and still have memories from from when you first started all the way up until now, and like certain memories sticking out with you, like maybe like the release for Razor's Ladder, or maybe even the release for the last Shelby Shell, because I understand that you were handpicked by the Reza when you were fourteen years old, sir. Yeah, I was mad young. I was I was a, I was a little kid. I was really really young, really young, and um, I signed when I was seventeen. Oh wow, jeez! I was still in school when. But see, I grew up. My my my, my older brother was the first rapper that I grew up in the house with, and I was, that's how I learned how to do the shit. And uh, once I learned, I figured to figure that out. You know, growing up in Brooklyn, the world, everybody know who you related to and who you are. So they always asking, "Oh, you you trade back, little brother? When you gonna start rapping?" <laughs> so I'm like, "Why they keep doing that?" And uh, they kept asking me that. You, you, when you, you you rap, yo? And I'm like, what are you talking about, man? And I see, I didn't start with rapping. I was a break dancer. And anybody that know would know, yo, that's, that's, um, because yeah, it had the name Radio X. And uh, I was break dancing. I was doing stuff. I was hip hop to the fullest. But, um, oh, yes. I came in with the break dancing. I used to be break dancing. And you said, um, and then I started rapping. And then it started turning into rapping, and because uh, then then they kept press pressing me, pressing you, kept asking me, and uh, then me and Seventh Ambassador just got together, and uh, that was the the, the 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 birth of everything right there, and um, oh, uh, sorry, sorry, did the stuff, yeah, 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 we started with the stuff then then there, like I was just mad young, I was just, like really young, young, young. At that time, that was a long time ago, you know? Yeah. Um, but it's like, right now, we're in 2019. It's different. And, um, but time is moving right now. So you better take, take advantage of your time and don't take it for granted. Yeah, that's a fact right there, too, because you've been on the go since your career, too. Like, even with um, Spiritual Scarface. Oh, I love that album. Oh, that's one of my favorites by you, too. Um, you still have your foot on the pedal from being a young child. At, um, all the people asking you, when are you going to start rapping? When are you going to start rapping? When you actually did start rapping, what did they say? They're like, wow, you really nice. Or did they tell you, like, maybe you should work they on told it? Me I was, they told me I was for the future. Oh, wow. The name of, the name of my group was called was The Last Future. Me me and Seven for Bastard was a group called The Last Future. I was, I was um, that time I was breathing angst. And then from went from Radio X to the um that's when I started the, that horror course season came. Yeah. And then, then uh, we was battling we was battling a lot of rappers in that season. So 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 then 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 it started with yo, 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 dude, you used to Hellraiser. And I'm like, mm. mm. So so then then went on the No Love But I Hate. 
said, I think the Lord raised her life to that take her, have her raise her, trade her, lemonade her, wicked disintegrate lyrical earthquake absorb me, shining light is mandatory. So when I was a, I was already put planting the seed on No Love Without Hate about the heaven raising was coming. And um, and then that's when it came around in the, what's that thing? So like 2007. 2007, I was working really hard. Oh, yeah. I put, together, um, I put the Razor's Ladder together. I dropped Razor's Ladder and Renaissance Child. And I said, yeah. Yeah, because they were both in the same year, I remember. Yeah, that was 2007. That was my run for 2007 right there. Um, you know... Okay. You worked with somebody in my top five, and he actually appeared on the show, um, and it's one of my most favorite songs by you 2 It's called Halo, uh, featuring Crooked Eye. Um, how did you meet Crooked, sir? Me and Crooked got together from when, when I was doing Razor's Ladder, because the um, producers linked us together, and um, we got started from there. And then when I used to live in the West Coast, a while ago when we was doing the Sons of Man album that was like 1998 that was like 98 98 so I used to live out there and um that's my that's my brother right there you know what I'm saying like I fucked down and um he's always 100 he kept it stubborn oh yes 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 and he's nice too and so we got it like Shout out to Crook that's if you're right, listening. Yeah, Razor's Ladder, Razor's Ladder, like one of my favorite albums. Like, my that's that, that, that there. And the Renaissance Child. But the Heaven Razor, that's just like putting those two albums together in one album. But it's like the Heaven Razor. That's what it blows, that blows me away. My like, take me on a journey. <laughs> and, um, when, and all that, um, those are seeds I was planting since. 2004 sometime. Oh, wow. That's like, yeah, wow. Yeah, I was starting to start to get ready and doing the features and features just was doing things. Then me and Fourth Disciple dropped. That's another one of my favorite albums. Oh, yeah. Freedom, Freedom of Speech. Speech. Yes, that Freedom of Speech is crazy. And, uh, Shit, that's one of my favorite music right there. Oh, uh, High Science? Crazy. Crazy. I play that on the regular High Science. <laughs> yeah. Ah, oh, it's a, ooh, got a good ear. <laughs> mm -hmm. What's the science behind that? Mm -hmm. Now, see. <laughs> <laughs> you know good music. That's what I'm talking about right there. See, see? Oh, I would, to trust me, the first time, when I first heard of you, um, I was bumping that Renaissance child because I, I actually had it on CD and my older cousin walked in on me and he's like, are you listening to Sons of Man? I'm like, no, I'm listening to Hellraiser and I showed him the CD and he's like, you know this, you know this guy's part of a group called Sons of Man? And I was like, uh, can you put me on? And he handed me the CD of The Last Shelby Shaw and when I first heard you on Cold, I was like, Jesus Christ, man, this guy gets better with time. <laughs> Yeah, because because I'll keep it all the way uh, uh, real with you, sir. I was born in '91, so back in the '90s, like I got to, I missed out on 
almost like all of the golden era. It wasn't until until like the late the early two thousands, like two thousand, two thousand one, when I actually started getting into rap and I remember the first time I ever heard Wu-Tang, and I went on this rabbit hole because of Raekwon's only built for Cuban links. Then I started finding people like Method Man, Wu Syndicate, you. It just like one big rabbit hole from there. But what really stuck out, though, was that Renaissance Child, because I will always remember that album before anything. Thank you, man, because I put a lot of work into that. That, that, that like, for real, for real. That's best life. Um, that, like that. Oh, go ahead, sir. Sorry to cut so, you off. Well, every time that comes back to me, it's amazing because it takes me back to it was all worth the work that I was doing that, at that time. Yeah, because... um it took a lot of sacrifice at that season. Sacrifices left and, left and right to create that. Did that Renaissance Child have a DVD with it too, like a limited edition DVD with the actual? Cover? Yeah, the Razor Code. Okay. Yeah, the Razor Code. I remember that. Renaissance. The Razor Code was it was in the um with the CD. Yes, sir. I remember that too because there was only hundred thousand copies. Yes. Wow! 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 Yeah. <laughs> Whoa. Wow, you took me back to my... Oh, wow, wow, wow. I guess that was the market plan for that. Wow. Yes, <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. um, I was... That ki- season, that season was... Beautiful. Beautiful. Yes, but hip-hop was crazy at that time. Yeah, because like that was in the transition where trap is really starting to come out. I realized too, and like uh, lyricalism, it's I, I I don't really like when people say lyricalism died because it never really died. It just went underground. Even like when you said on Birdie Live, did you don't want us up here? Okay, we'll just go write raps in the undergrounds on our tombstones in our coffins. I was like, when I heard that, I was like, Jesus Christ, that's deep. But, but it, yeah, that's how much it got annoying, though. You know what I'm saying? Like, they, they was pushing it. It's like, you come with something different, they push it underground. Yeah, I so realize like, that. Okay, so that's what they're going to do with it? That's what they're going to do with it? So, so you wait, so if you got the big high hopes of my, my song when they played on the radio, be, be prepared for a big disappointment. <laughs> yeah, but you're going to get the a... The first thing they're going to tell you is that you, you don't sound like somebody. They, you know, sound like this and this and this and that, or they're looking for this kind of sound. So now that's going to change up your whole originality. Because now you got to sit there and go, oh, they only saying they this this like how you said that they want the, the trap music. So now if you if you got any kind of other music, if you don't got that, they ain't playing. So so now you got to revamp your whole plan and do it again. And um, then then you got to come back doing something that you didn't plan to do the first time. And see that's that's where. It, becomes a decision on what you want to do. You want to be original, it's going to cost you. Yeah, that's very it's true. Cost you, but it's worth it. It's, it's, it's worth it. It's, it's, it's worth it. But it's going to cost you. That's why I said for a renaissance, I took a lot of sacrifices. But it was worth it. A lot of, I had to turn this, no, 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 no. Because I was like, man, I'm creating, creating something right here. And um, I ain't doing nothing to some fast, stupid move and mess that up and then something mess this up. Just, no, no, I'm not doing it. And um, and then when I see the, 
the benefits from looking at it now, it's like, okay, it was worth doing it. And, um, because I had a, a lot of focus, I had, a, I had a lot of concentration went into, into, into creating that. Yes, you can definitely tell. Like, a lot of thought process and planning went into that album. Um, um, a lot of people, too, um, when they gravitate towards your music, too, a lot of people always ask you the most obvious questions. I know it's like, how was it working with ODB and Earth, Wind, and Fire? But I was mostly curious about on what's like working with Tragedy Gaddafi. That's pressure. Cause you gotta go. <laughs> That's juice what, crew. What exactly. Exactly. And it's not gonna be no getting in there and just doing any old thing and think that's gonna get on a song with them. That's not gonna happen. And um can you remember so the you're gonna be having to do some serious work for that. Um, the first time you ever met Traj, can you uh was that in the nineties or early two thousand, sir? That was about because I um see 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 I'm I, I'm born and raised in Brooklyn, New York City, Project Brooklyn, but I used to live in Queens sometimes. Okay. So 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 when I was living in Queens, like it was parts of Queens I lived in, like left left right, not left right. I didn't live in left right. My brother lives in left right, and I used to be with him all the time. I go out to left right city to be with him. So I was in Left Rack City, Queens, with my brother all the time. And um, uh, then, then I was in Far Rockaway, Queens. Okay. So once once I got out there, to, once I was in like, the Far Rockaway and everything, then um, I think that was in the, what was part of the OV? I think it was called Ocean Village. I ran into Traj out there. And we could, because the kids around there used to tell me about, you know, yo, you know, uh, they used to tell me about him being over there. So I, 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 I but I never seen. Him. So you know, you know, you know, be out here, right? Boom, 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 boom. Like you, like you know, from the juice crew. Uh, Tragedy Gaddafi be out here. I'm like, oh word. So, so one day, then, then I'm like, shit, that'd be crazy. Like, I arrest the president is my set. He's the drug dealer. Mm-hmm. He was going, Phew. that's that's crazy right there. And um. So when I saw it, like he he lives out here, he be out here. So I, I'm like, I would love to meet him. So I walked through there, walked through there. So I had to walk to the building, and um, who's just standing there, calling was calling somebody out the window, and I look and I'm like, holy shit. <laughs> so so uh, uh, so I'm like, I couldn't believe these niggas wasn't lying, and um, I couldn't even believe. It. I'm just like, wow, oh. So then I said, what's up, what's up, what's up, peace, peace, you know, boom, boom, boom. Because we started kicking it. We started kicking it. We started talking for a mad long. We standing there, building, talking, talking, talking. And um, and then um, this was had to be around 2008, this was. Oh, wow. William Cooper. William Cooper. Booth, William Cooper. In the black market militia, from the black market militia, William Cooper. Came around. With Trash. And um and him and Trash with Priest. Me, Priest and Timbo was always together we was doing the Maccabees. So we was always together. So the other seeds was we was always 
Boom. So then, then Booth came, William Cooper came with uh, Trash. And uh, when they came, then, 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 uh, and that's, was the city, and Dreddy. Dreddy Cougar. Dreddy oh, Cougar. Wow. Yeah, he was there to do something. He put some arrangements. He ain't on scammer to think differently. You know, he got to think differently. This thing he doing over there. And um, this season was a season we did uh, Renaissance Child from Babylon to Timbuktu. Timbuktu King was doing from Babylon to Timbuktu. And then uh, what else? We dropped the Black Market Militia. Boyle Cooper dropped Behold the Pale Pale Horse. So we was swarming. And it was like a black market militia season. Yeah, because even um, Welcome to Red Hook Houses, too. That was around the same area, too, around 2008, too. It was entirely produced yeah, see, by... Yeah, Ad- you just reminded me the connection, too. That's another part of, of my season right there. Because after... What was that? That's 2000. That was 2008. Right? Yes, sir. So I, so 2007, I did the Raising Raisin Ladder Renaissance Shop. So I introduced uh, the the um, the Welcome to Red Houses and all that season was introduced on Raisin Ladder. That's when I did the audio biography. Okay. And um, so when I did it. To be out, sorry to cut you off. The biography is your documentary risen, or is this a different documentary, sir? No, that's a song. That's on. That's a song on the um, Raises Ladder album. Okay. That's a song on the Raises Ladder album that that I shot a video to. Oh, okay, okay, I got you. Because what I what I was saying, like I'm writing, it's a music audio biography about. So, so, so I went back to, you know, okay, let me introduce you to who I am. And, um, and see, that was 2007. So when I had, I had dropped that and then shot the video to that, that was the introduction to it coming right there. So, so um, 2008, which was the next year after Raises Ladder, we finished um, Welcome to Run House. Doug Angels. Oh, wow. Fire project. <laughs> yeah, we finished that whole album. That whole album was completed and finished. And we dropped it. And that was that. That was the beginning. Oh, that wasn't... That's just like... That's like the part one. And, um... That was the beginning of, the, of, of, of it right there. And, um... Because I noticed, too, like, you like to try to make all of your bodies of work connect to one another. Now, after Red Hook House, and would you say your other release was um, Ultrasounds of the Renaissance Child, sir? Because that was in 2008 as well. That was was the beginning of me letting you know that I'm taking you, I'm going to take you before the Halloween's now. It's because I'm taking you before before the Halloween's. Now, that was when I first started my label. And uh, that's when I started Halloween's of Music Inc. That was the first project that I put out on it, was the Ultrasounds of the Renaissance Child. Um, one of my questions that I always wanted to ask you since the first time I ever heard of you, because you were real young and Sons of Man too, did anybody try to like put you and Shaheem in the same room together? The Rugged Child? 
We, that's why that's my heart right there. Me and Shaheen is <laughs> mad close away. So, so, so that's that's my yo. You know what I'm saying? Like we we connected quickly. Yeah, cause you guys were both very young at the time too, so it only makes sense why y'all would connect that way too as well. Exactly. That's when. That's why we did co-defendants. Okay. Yeah, because I know you guys have a few songs together out there. Yeah, we did a few of them joint joints, joint joint, boom boom boom, and um, we connected. It was like you no know, instant, and um. Um, I was curious too on because you have a a vast discography, like so much work out there. When you perform live, how do you choose what uh, Heaven Razor wants to perform? I'm curious on that. Depending on the crowd, who I'm performing for. Okay. Okay, that totally makes sense. Have you ever performed? The Renaissance Child, or maybe even Heaven Razor, full in its entirety, like something like how Jay does with Reasonable Doubt. Wow, I never even thought of that, and that's interesting. That, that's an interesting idea, and uh, I think I like the idea. Of it sounds very mm, wow, 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 wow. Thank you for that. That's <laughs> that's that's a good one. Woo. Yeah, that is. That's why I was curious about that, too. That would be a fire set, too. That was my shot live? Jesus Christ. All right, I ain't, go, I ain't going to work that day. <laughs> yo, I like yo. Thank you. That's a... Woo, that's a gem right there you just gave. Wow, 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 wow. Wow, thank you for that right there. That's crazy right there. You're most welcome, mm. I hope I hope that it goes to good use. Just, oh, man, you just opened a whole different atmosphere with that one. That's, that's <laughs> crazy right there. Well, that's brilliant, too, man. Thank you. Thank you so much for, for, mm, oh, for the support, most... too. You know what I'm saying? Because I appreciate the real supporters out there that not just talk about things. That just actually do it. You got doers and you got talkers. Yeah, because like I bet I bet you like a lot of people flock to you because you're affiliated with the Wu Tang. But there's people out there that really love your solo projects too, and like that's what I always have to tell people too. I'm like, it doesn't matter if they're affiliated or not with a bigger group. It's that individual's music that you should be paying attention to, and that's why I always tell people if you're gonna listen to music with meaning, go listen to Renaissance Child, go listen to Razor's Ladder. Hell, go even listen to the last Shelby show. Mm. Mm. And see, the, that last Shelby first album was like, mm. uh, I understand too. Um, I know you said too, like people, um, when they hear your music, don't expect it to hear it on the radio or, or things like that. But that Sons of Man album went 20 on the Billboard Hot 100. Let's get that straight, people. That that album was fire and it charted. See, but, see we, we decided that if we're going to do something radio, we're going to do radio. And, that, and it's like it's not going to play no games. Like, we, 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 we did, our, our radio song was Shana Star with Earth, Wind & Fire. Wyclef and Old Dirty Bastard. That was a, that was our radio song. 
Okay. Yeah, because I know, because I noticed too, that's the one that you guys really flock to as well. Like, the one people, when I say flock to, too, I say that's, like, the song that got a lot of people onto the Sons of Man who were in 98 and tuned into the hip-hop. Now, if you were somebody like me, who was growing up finding hip-hop, you probably found Hellraiser as a solo artist and just did the history on him. It's like, wow, you know he has a whole history of Sons of Man before solo thing. So, I was curious about that, too. Like, <laughs> how many people, like, ever asked you, like, man, like, you're such a fire solo artist, and then they tell you about, and then you tell them about Sons of Man, and they bug out. It's like, you're part of Sons of Man? It's like, well, obviously you're not paying attention, sir. Did that, that, you know what it is? That happens depending on the ages. Okay. Because it's sometimes not like the, the, the now the kids is the, the ones that talk about the music and they rap and do the day now. So 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 they 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 they're either know like oh oh my dad always listening to your music or or it's like you know it's different now and um it be bugs me out that it's like that I'm like wow that's crazy. And, um, the new listeners to the music don't know. And it's kind of sad when you see it. But it's not their fault because the way it was taken over. And see, that's why a certain season came. Now, it takes me to hip-hop, period. It takes me to where the gangster rap converted. Now I said hip-hop is dead. So, yeah. so I'm looking, I'm like, okay, I see how everything was happening, everybody was seeing. So, 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 what happened was, after the gangster shit killed people, they wanted to change it now. So, 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 so now, they wanted to change it. So then all the songs became, hip-hop was a, a rapper with a singer on it. So, so if you had a singer on it and it was a rap or a rap on it, that was considered hip hop. Yeah, I realized that. So too. then, what happened was what what started happening was when once that that started happening, and then the radio was only playing those kind of songs. So now, everybody's music became independent. So they so 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 it was like no nobody was doing that. So then you had to be out out there doing stuff with it. So this one C D boxes was opened up and pressed up and then he was out there with like that. And um the music changed when that started. Then it got digital. Then digital season started coming. Yeah. So then 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 once it's like start talking about, yo, the MP threes, boom, 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 boom. So so then once that started happening, music started changing. Yeah, that's very true. That's where the so trap started coming sound, the, the type of albums had different sounds that came out on CDs than ones that came out on MP3s. They even re-released those albums now to, to the, the, the digital version and uh, shit like that. And um, That's deep. That is. Because, like, when you said that, too, it really made me think about me growing up and finding music because around the early 2000s, like, when Nas was saying hip-hop is dead, I noticed that's when, like, that the urge of the digital age was coming around because I remember in 2004, 2000, 
Three, I had to go to a record store and look for all of these old albums on CD as opposed to just finding it online digital too because there was a lot of yes. music. Yes. And then check it, check it out when it was cassette tapes. Remember everything was on cassettes? I wish I could remember that. Oh my God, I would kill to go back in time just to actually have like a cassette of Illmatic. Everything was on cassettes, cassettes. Everything was cassette tapes, yo. That, that's, that, that's what it was on, the old cassette tapes. And then it went to CDs. Um, I was curious too if you ever still listen to old cassette tapes or vinyl too because I love the sound of vinyl you sell it? no no I love the sound of vinyl because I noticed vinyl has a very different sound vinyl as got the you know what that's the best sound of music you're going to listen to now, that's a fact it's all vinyl I don't know what it is. It just it's has a it's totally on vinyl. different... The best music you will listen to is on vinyl. It's going to be on vinyl. Um, I was curious, too, on if you ever still listen to vinyl or old uh, cassettes, sir. Mm-hmm. You know what? Everything come in on them. They came on 45s. The old 45s. Oh, wow. Those small vinyls. Yeah, I remember those. Those were small vinyls, you had to yell, put that yellow thing on top of the needle, in the middle of the needle, to hold the racket from jiggling too much, because it was that light. Yeah. Um, you had to hold something to hold it down so the needle could stay on it and just play the racket. And that, and that was the, the woo, that would take a lot of patience in that era. <laughs> yeah. For real. I'll tell you what. If you know. were impatient back then, you was in trouble. Yeah, you really had to get that needle right on the spot, too. <laughs> Even, you know when you used to uh, tape a cassette show, when you tape something on a cassette, you had to get it ready, and that shit was crazy, that era, boy. I, the radios, there was that remote control shit wasn't around. You had to always be at the radio. Yeah. You had to hit the actual buttons, it was great when it stopped, too, just so to you can... I remember those knobs. Yeah, my grandma used to have one of those. Too. I remember exactly what you're talking about. We in the future now. Niggas be forgetting that shit. And uh, see, see, they got too comfortable now. Um, how? how too much comfortability, right? Yeah, that's very true. Because you can do mostly everything off your phone. I realized. That's why people are on that shit ninety five percent of the day. See, ah, see, I like how you said that. I love how you said that, too, because you came from an era where there was no one looking at their screen 24-7 of the day. And then now in the future, everybody, I, I went out yesterday for a walk, and I, I kid you not, every person I looked at was looking down on their phone. I was like, what the hell? And you don't realize stuff like that until you actually think about it. For real, or when you back up from it and then look at it. 
got to step away from it and then be able to see it. Um, I was curious too on like the very first cell phone you ever had, sir. Was it one of those big brick ones, or was it like the small flip phones that the one I was using in high school? That was sir? the Motorola flip phone, the oh. gray Motorola. I, I know exactly what that era. That was the gray Motorola flip phones was out. Those came out, and then um, after those came out, the next town came over, took over the church. The next town, then the next towns came out, took over. And then that kept going, kept changing, kept changing, kept changing, and that then they came out with um, the I ninety, the next tail I ninety. I remember that was like one of my favorite fucking phones. That shit was Motorola too. Oh wow! That's a chirp phone, you the I ninety, the next tail I ninety chirp phone. That shit was crazy back then when it was because that shit was way back then. Uh, everybody used to use their pay phones. Yeah. So 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 so. You, you had to go walk around with a pocket full of quarters, chains, to use the phone. And then if you went outside to go to the phone, if you if, if you was a leader, that nigga's like, you can't use this phone. So so you just couldn't use the phone. And then you had to walk somewhere else and do a whole bunch of other shit. Wow, you just took it. Yeah, I mean, I grew up in Brooklyn, so shit was real. And, uh, ain't nobody just walking over there using phones and shit. Because everybody stand by the phone. They're going to stand up. They hang out by the phone. <laughs> so if he wasn't thorough, you ain't using that phone. Yeah. I like how you said, like, the actual, like, pay phones, too. Wow. Like, they're tearing a... I don't know how it is in Brooklyn, sir, but up in Canada, they're tearing a lot of those old pay phones down. That's... See, see, but see, you just... That's Canada's connected to Canada to everything. In both ways, it's like the middle. It's the best. It's, it's beautiful there, and um, it connects everything. It's just up north. Yeah, well. <clears throat> Mind you, Canada doesn't have like an incredible music history when it comes to hip hop music. I think that's why a lot of Canadians listen to a lot of New York hip hop too, because you don't find that type of energy up in Canada. Like, you, there might be one or two people like that, but like to have like a whole neighborhood or even a whole city like just like that, and like everybody has. I their noticed own. that. Yeah, I noticed. I noticed that there. I noticed that uh, Toronto is the New York City uh, up there. Yes, exactly. Yes, exactly. And all LA is Vancouver. Wow, that's how they act in Vancouver over there? Yes, sir. That's actually one province away from me, too, because I'm up in Alberta, so right wow. beside it. So, so Vancouver act like LA, and, and Toronto be acting like New York City, huh? Yes, sir. Mm. Cause you can okay, see, okay. cause you can see just by certain, by certain artists on how they affect Canadian culture too. Like I noticed people like the Wu, Mob Deep, um, a lot of those crews influence Toronto. And when you go over to Vancouver, you see like a lot of NWA influence over there, a lot of Death Row influence over there. After all of these years, it's crazy what like music can do. Like that's what I love about hip hop. It's very influential. I would say it's the most influential music of the human race. 
That's what I say. That's very interesting. That's just, that, 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 that. You just pointed out something very deep, deep right there. Because you know what? They, they notice that. And that's why they grab hold of it. They grab hold of it so they can control that. That's too powerful then. Yeah. But there's people out there too who who aren't being controlled too. Like, um, you don't notice, but since I have you on the phone, you know you actually taught me the real meaning of religion, like the Greek meaning of it? Like you actually taught me the word religion and Greek means divide? You actually taught me that. Well, without you know what knowing. Else is through that word? It's religion. A legion is, a, is like a group of something. They are demons. And they call it legion. And, um, and you say re means to do over. So what it means, what are they saying with that? A re-legion? A re-legion of demons? Do over demons? So they're using, using religion now? It's deep. It, 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 get, it get really deep. And that's, that's putting a business on spirituality. Yeah. Yeah, that's very true. That's putting a business on it. And you ain't supposed to do that. You're not supposed to play with God. Yeah, because there's only one God, too. And, like, you know, what's the point of, like, saying that you're God when the real God is, like, looking down on you? It's like, what is this guy doing? Um, would you say, too, would you say, um, after you had your incident in 2010, would you say that's when you started filming your documentary, The Story of Sharon Smith? Yes, indeed. Okay. Yes, indeed. Now, you were already documenting your story even before that incident in 2010, though, but I was curious on... What really inspired you to make that documentary, too? Because your history is already documented, though, but you're taking it to a whole new level with your story of Sharon Smith. It, like, it seems like that you're going to be telling like people things that they never knew in that documentary, if that's, if that's the way you're going with it. And that's the way, that's the direction where... And it, 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 the idea came from repeating the same thing over and over again. So I was like, why don't I just maybe put it in the in the form where they can just watch it? And then I ain't got to keep, keep saying the same things over over and over again. And um, the idea was, you know, and the, from there, kept, kept explaining myself over and over again, the same thing gets, you know... It gets tiring. It gets to Exactly. Like, I don't want to do it anymore. And, um... So it's like, how can I say it without doing it that way? Oh, okay. So I figure if I put it in a, in a film documentary, I don't have to explain it now. Yeah, you could just point him to, you could just point him, like, you know, I did a documentary on it, then you're asking me, here's DVD, pop it in. And that's the way, because after that goes books and everything else, so. Um, oh, that's another thing that I was going to ask you as well, too. Have you um, started working on any books? Like, not a biography, but maybe like a spiritual book? I've never, you know what, that's, as soon as you just, just got on that topic or all that, you just made me rubbed on something that made me realize something I didn't do. 
I didn't think about doing it. And, uh, and you just said it just now. That's, that's just as simple as I did. I didn't even think of that. Yeah, because I believe that you can write a very phenomenal book like A New Earth, The Secret, or even The Slight Edge. I don't know if you read those books, but they're very spiritual, though. And I believe that you have the capacity to write one of those books, just to awaken people even more that should be awoken. That's interesting. I think I like this idea. This is Yeah, because, like, sometimes all it takes is yeah, just... Yeah. Where, where are you over in? B.C. or what, what side you on? I'm in uh, West, so I'm in Calgary, Alberta. Oh, you up there? Up there. Okay, okay, yeah. okay. The most, famous thing mm. we're, the most famous thing that we're ever known for is the Hart Brothers, like Brent Hart and the Calgary Stampede. But I, I want to change that. I want to be the best interviewer out of Calgary or even the world because, um... I never knew my destiny. Um, I used to always struggle trying to find my destiny in my life. Like, um, I always knew that I was put on this earth to do something extraordinary. Like, at first, I wanted to be a rapper. And then I, then I was a gamer. Then I was a cyclist, photographer. And it wasn't until I was at my most lowest, till I really did soul searching, that I realized that my true passion, and it was right in front of me the whole time, was interviewing, because I wasn't one of those kids who would go home, watch TV or things like that. I would go home, pick up the Double XL, the Source, Five magazines, and read interviews. And when the internet came around, it was just game over, because that's all I did was watch interviews from rappers. And I never knew, um, within this past year, that I would get to interview people like Razkaz, Crooked Eye, Master Ace, MC Shan. Like, it still blows my mind to this day. That's good, see, see, and that's like the errors. Wow, you, ooh, you got your hands on some good goodies over there, I see. Yes, sir. You know, the um, the very first Wu affiliate to appear on my show was Wu Syndicate, sir? Wow, wow, Shut wow. My Lansky and them? Joe Mafia, yes, sir. Shout out to them. Good gents Joe over Mafia, there. Mafia, mm-hmm. Very good gents. Um, but yeah, let's not get off what topic. What I loved about Canada, man, is dope is that, that y'all, y'all, y'all know y'all hip hop up there. And <laughs> I was there, I was like, wow, 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 wow. And, uh, mm-hmm. Because they act like y'all far away, and I'm like, they're not that far away. I'm like, <laughs> yeah. especially, okay, see, see, see. See, when you get somewhere, you see it differently. And, mm-hmm. Yeah. And mind you, um, I never been to New York City. But when I listen to your albums, though, it feels like that I'm walking through Brooklyn sometimes. Like, just, like, certain songs that I hear from you, like, Lost Ark, or, like, even, or even Chain Game. Like, it's just certain, certain songs that hit me, and it feels like I'm walking through the streets of New York City. I've never been there, but hopefully one day I can. That's something that you want to see, something you want to do in a lifetime. You want to be able to see, see it for yourself. And, you know, instead of hearing about it, it's something, just, something you just will want to see. 
I was curious, um, if there was a place that you ever wanted to see, and you actually did get to see, maybe like London, or maybe like Russia, or something like that, sir? Well, you actually just named one of the places. London, when I got to the UK, beautiful. Oh, wow, I can only imagine. And, um, mm, 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 I see where a lot of stuff came from, far as from over there, when it comes to things, too. Um, was that for was that for music, uh, Heaven Razor, or did you just go there for a personal trip? No, that was uh, something I was doing for music. Uh, I was there for a tour. Okay. Oh wow! So that must have made it even better though, because you're doing something you love there, and you get to sightsee too. That's exactly, you nailed it right on the head because um, that was my first time over there. Oh, wow. And to see all that for the first time was like incredible. Yeah, because it's, it's not something you see in the United States. It's like you're going over an ocean and it's like, wow, like this is like, it really shows like, where people, like, actually came from. Because most people, they're like, you know, USA is the hero-be-all, and people never want to travel. But I heard traveling can really open your eyes and give you more appreciation for life once you see these old architectures out there. That's true. And, and you see things that With that being said as well, too, um, since we're on the topic of music, um, can you give a little bit of background on this latest release that I'd be seeing, Oakham's Razor? Um, is that fully new, or is there old joints on that project? Because I believe that's produced... Uh, that's new. That's, that, okay. that's new since... Uh, that goes back into 2007, too. That, I've been working on this. Oh, wow. Because, um... That's with Jordan River Banks from God's Wrath. God's Wrath produced the Black Market Militia. God's Wrath produced the um, they produced on Renaissance Child. God's Wrath produced um, Timbo King, Babylon Timbo Two. They did Color Ideas with Killer Priest. They did so many. They did the Offering. They did an Offering album for Killer Priest. Uh, God's Wrath. We were working with them for the longest. And um, that's with Jordan River Banks, and um, that's a new gem right there. And that's like that's 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 a classic right there. I was gonna say I was listening to tracks like Israel and Barber's Chair too, and it really gives me like, <laughs> oh my god, that Israel that's track, right? Yes, sir. Like what happened? What, it's like what, what what is everybody else listening to right now? I I think it, <laughs> I think they really need yeah, to go like, look it up. Cause that's man, crazy for real. Like like for real. See what they did to the heads. Yeah. All they know is what comes on the radio. And half the time, that don't even be making sense. Half the time. You know, if you take to them a SoundCloud, they'll look at you. What is that? 
Where? That's probably actually where is that? This <laughs> 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 is a damn app for your damn phone. Yeah. Where all the music in it? No. Um, where is that? Do you think hip hop, like other genres, because I noticed hip hop doesn't have sub-genres too. Like, you know how rock has like adrenaline rock, hardcore rock, but they just throw everything in the hip-hop category. Like, do you think that sometimes hip-hop should be categorized like, okay, this is lyricalism, this is trap, and then this is just for the radio? What makes it hip-hop is that it can't be categorized. Okay. You see, that's when they started to put, put ca- categories on it. Okay, this is conscious, this is gangster. So now they try to claim it to be something. Because it didn't the whole thing of being hip hop was because you wasn't wasn't doing what they told you to do. Yeah. So so you was a rebel. It was a rebel. It was, it was rebel music. It was, it was like, okay, we're gonna go we're gonna do what we wanna do out here in the street then. And then they can't tell us we can't do the music in the street. Because that's what it was. And train stations and then the parks, city parks. You just there city parks doing the hip hop. And all the train stations, or block parties, and then uh, you couldn't do any of uh, any of that kind of stuff in the neighborhood. And, uh, if, if nobody liked you or respected you, they would fuck with you, and they they would bother you and tell you you gotta leave, and um, that you can't do nothing. Um, I like how you said that too, um, because one of the very first hip hop groups to ever do something without a major backing label was Black Moon with Who Got the Props because that record exploded within a year and it took a year for it to explode but there was no major label backing behind it and that was like I say that was probably the birth of independence making a national impact because Black Moon they went off out they went had a crazy career after that and that was just their first single um Who Got the Props Yeah, so that was like 92 or something. Yeah, I was only two. Yeah, that, 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 that. See, See, that was a golden era of hip-hop right there, too. The early 90s. That was a golden, yes. golden, mm-hmm, that was a golden era. And if you came in that season, you a legend today. Yes, that's a fact right there. That's a fact, because look what everyone's accomplishing now, like, with the Woo's new Showtime documentary. Um, I was curious on, um, if you got a chance to see that, Heaven Razor. Which one? Uh, Mike's, of Mike's of Men. It was on Showtime. Did you get a chance to do what? Like, did you see their newest documentary they released on Showtime, uh, of Mike's and Men? See, I, I still never saw it, so I'll keep it all the way a buck with you on that, though. But I keep hearing crazy things on that. But I, you know what I'm mostly waiting for? I'm mostly waiting for a Sons of Man documentary. That would be legendary. Oh, my God. I can't wait for that. Oh, my God. It's in the works. Um, and a lot of people, I bet you they ask you this question, too. Will there ever be a Sons of Man album again? But I'm thinking, like... One just recently came out. That it's called the rebirth. Okay, well, um, a lot of people when it goes under the radar a lot. So I was wondering if you can give a little bit of background of the rebirth, sir. I'm not the one that put together. That will be prodigal son. You will want to get ready for that. Okay. 
Um, you know, you also, um, you worked with one of my past guests named Widowmaker. I, I was wondering, um, how did you ever find Widowmaker? That's my family <laughs> right there. Um, Grant and Gunner, salute. What's that, sir? Yep. <laughs> it was my guys right there. right there. That's Portland right there. Yes, sir. That's Portland on the production right there. Mm-hmm. We got we got some more we got some more stuff coming too. We got crazy stuff coming. How did you ever find Widowmaker, sir? Because um, when when I did an inter- interview, well, with... actually, actually, the producer Ayatollah connected us together. Oh, because they got a joint uh, production album together. Who do? Widowmaker and Alatoya. Ayatollah. Yes. Yes, yes. Ayatollah connected me with them. Because, um, he had hit me up. And, um, me and him had just put out uh, the Black Exploitation album together. Yes, sir. One of my most favorite tracks on that is Maximum Always Volume. Always an Ayatollah album called Black Exploitation. That's up. I'm going to ask out right now. Maximum volume. That's my jam right there. Oh, my God. Or the looking glass. You know, oh, man. You was on point like crazy. <laughs> that, that, mm-hmm. Oh, I'm telling you, how, uh, Heaven Razor, I'm a, I'm a fan of yours. I ain't going to front on that. Like, <laughs> I've been listening to you for years, since junior high. See, that's, 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 that's just the because... At the time, doing things, my whole concern was 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 it being received correct? Do you, Do you think now your music is starting to be received correctly now? It's interesting because the things that I hear from people, it would be something that they would say your music changed my life or something to, to me, and they would say you have no idea from listening to you what you what you did for me. And I'm like, wow. And uh, the, the, my, my, my vow into making music was that it was the only thing I would want to do by doing it. Yeah. Because <clears throat> you worked with a lot of people who, that they wish they could say they worked with. Like, how many people can say you got MF Doom and Twilight Quelly on the same track? Like, I don't think anybody can say that. That was... You know how hard it was to get that together and to do it and then to to have it song like that was like, oh, I can't believe I got it completed. Like, that was <laughs> bad work back then. And, uh, but I had a good team with me with that, with that, that season. So, so it was, it was better for me to do things. And I uh, was on, on the same frame of mind at the same time. And um, we, we all knew what we wanted to do with the album, and we did it. Um, do you have any of your physical releases that you always keep just as a reminder for what you accomplished in life, sir? Or you you don't like to like have like physical pieces of your own merchandise, sir? Nah, I actually do. I have um, Heaven Razor and Renaissance Chop because of, that's the half of me. I am both of those albums. And, um, there's different parts of me in those albums. So I was going through so much things at that time. 
but my father just passed when I did Razor's Ladder. So that's another part of me right there. Razor's Ladder is an emotional time of my life right there when that happened. And that season, I was going through a lot. And um, that was that season. I lost my, my dad at that time. And I didn't even want to be bothered with music. And um, and, I, and that's why the album was so like that. It's, you could sit when you hear it, you could, you could tell. Like, wow, he was deep. Yeah. He was going through some shit. And, um, and then from then, it was the Renaissance sound. So I was doing those two things at the same time. I was doing Razor's Ladder and Renaissance sound at the same time. And uh, I was all, 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 I was already thinking this season. You know, 2020, 2012, and shit coming, it's going to be crazy. So, 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 I was already studying, already. I was talking about Barack Obama, president, and fucking um, the Heaven Raiser album. Yeah, I was going to say, you said something about a black president in that album. I did, and he wasn't even president yet. And uh, there was still that George Bush season shit. George Bush was still around, and everything was scary, Bin Laden. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah. You know, um, when 9-11 happened, when we were all in, uh, well, I was in, uh, I think it was in grade 5 or 6, they pulled us all into the gym and made us watch, like, the aftermath of it. I still remember that to this day. Because we honestly thought, like, the world was going to end. You know, but that's, like, the ultimate, um, MKO's your damn tactic. War tactic right there. They played a lot of mind, mind games with shit when they did that. Yeah. Lots of shit was happening. They did a, they did a, quick, a quickie. And if y'all don't know what me and Heaven Rays are talking about, just do some research on 9-11 because <laughs> it's not what y'all think. Y'all really have to do some research on that incident. And the real deal, holy feel about that is there was some gold and shit underneath that damn shit. So, so that that was a robbery that went down, and the gold ended up missing. That was underneath that World Trade Center. It was just a whole bunch of gold under there, and that shit is gone. It snatched that shit when it knocked the building down, so they could get down there and clean it all out. And that's exactly what they did. And they used some sword shit with some bunch of calling with the band Ladders and all that kind of shit. All the niggas are CIA agents, different undercover cops and shit. Yep. They playing games with you. And that's a fact right there, too. I'm serious. No, I, I, I truly really believe you. This guy, I'm dead and serious. Them niggas are undercover cops playing games with you. And, um, oh, this guy's a bad guy. He's an undercover cop, you said. And, um, mm-hmm. and, um, playing mind games with you. Oh, they drop a bar, they're doing this, 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 that. All of them on the same damn team. And, um. Yeah. That's facts right there, too. Brown story. Because me and you, we're very woke. And, um, the person who made me woke, he's no longer here with us, R.I.P. Prodigy. He made me do my research on some of the things he was talking about. Like, 
like the Illuminati and things like that. Because I never heard of that before. And then when, like I said, when I was discovering Wu and Mob Deep, that one line by Prodigy always stuck up. I'm like, well, let me just check what this is about. And Jesus Christ, like, there's a lot of things in this world that people don't realize until it gets put into perspective by then. But they hide it, though. That's what I, that's what I understand, though. They don't want people to realize the truth. But the truth's always going to come out no matter what. It's always got. It has to come out. You know, it's got to come out because everybody believing in lies. Um, I was curious too. Um, heaven, heaven raiser too. Um, this is a question that I ask all of my guests at the end of each interview, and the reason why I ask this question is because nobody can ever answer this question the same. And you seem like a very perfect individual to ask to ask this question to. Um, What's up? Do you have any words for somebody in a dark place trying to see the light? Trying to see the light? Yeah, like they're in a dark place and they don't find, they can't see a way out, but they're just looking for that little bit of light to get their way out. It could be emotionally, it could be physically, mentally. Uh, you can take your time. I understand, sir. Deep question, sir. Look deep inside yourself and you will see the light. Uh, say that one more time, sir. Look deep in yourself and you will see the light. Because sometimes that's all it takes is a little bit of soul searching just to find who you are and see the light inside. Uh -huh. Everything else is an illusion. You know... <clears throat> Everything out of that is an illusion. You know, I like how you said, look deep inside yourself. Because when I was in a dark place, you know what I did? I looked deep down inside myself, and I found a light. Close I your eyes and just zone. That's what you do. And you won't even realize that the room is dark. Though. Yeah. That's dark. That's what I mean about looking into yourself. Just close your eyes and just relax and zone and start to sit there and stress out about that shit. Close your eyes and then none of that darkness won't, won't even matter. Because you won't even realize that it's there. Yeah, that's a fact right there. That's, that's a fact because <clears throat> when you close your eyes and you really relax and just take everything in, you start to truly find yourself. Nothing don't matter. The light, the, the light or darkness don't even matter. Okay. Uh, you can't see light when, it, when, when you like that. You can't see darkness when like that. It doesn't matter. Oh, I see why you're saying it's an illusion now. Okay. Mm-hmm. Wow. That made me really think about something now. Wow. I think you dropped a gem on me. For what? <laughs> I'll be dropping gems. Uh, <laughs> you dropped a gem on me. Wow. That made me really think about that. I am going to think about that later on today. <laughs> You've been doing it to me, man. That's so funny. I was like, wow. I was not expecting that, though, but I'm glad I can drop a few gems on you, Heaven Razor. You already know, man. That's how we do, man. Thanks for having me, you know, we it up. Chopping it up, which was, was, was wonderful, you know what I'm saying?
Wings up too, man. Wings up. And with that being said, this is a perfect way to end our classic interview with Heaven Razor from the Desk Blow, featuring a very humbled soul, Heaven Razor. Wings up. Wings up.